0: You're listening to The Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 61 in this show, an interview with Fatima Hashi. Welcome to The Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And I'm actually here in the studio myself this week without Sandy because the interview comes from Sandy's trip uh, back to uh, Pittsburgh uh, just within the last couple of weeks. And Sandy was receiving an award from Christians for Biblical Equality and was there being recognized. And as part of that event, she had an opportunity to sit down with Fatima Hashi. And Fatima is doing some amazing work with World Vision around gender equity. And uh, we thought it'd be a wonderful opportunity to be able to to take advantage of the opportunity of having uh, met her and sat down and talked. And so Sandy has been able to share our interview with her here. And so I'm going to let... Sandy introduce Fatima so you can understand who she is and what kind of work she's doing in the world. And, uh, and then I'll catch you here on the back end. So here's Sandy's interview with Fatima.
1: I'm very happy today to be here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with Fatima Hashi, who is an amazing woman doing gender equity all over the world with World Vision. And we all understand Um, those of you who have been listening for a long time how important it is to position women and girls so that they are not at risk for being trafficked so what we want to find out Fatima is what it is that um, girls are at risk for in developing countries that you work on with gender and development
2: yeah thank you Sandy uh, for this uh, good question Uh, you know if we look we believe that this, uh, all the normal uh, social norms that exist within, in uh, gender issues. Uh, if we look, you know, all the uh, religious uh, in uh, beliefs, they all, you know, uh, if we look it really very carefully, they preach the equality of gender. In men and women to be equal. When we read, for example, the Bible through a gender lens, it teaches us that men and women are created equally in the image of God, and that Jesus affirms the equal worth and dignity of male and females and challenges the patriarchal culture. And when we look at the, the secular development agencies, they acknowledge that gender equality mainstreaming is, in, is the Best strategy in achieving development goals, and many stats show transforming social norms and negative cultural as, in, uh, as a critical strategy for promoting gender equality and breaking the cycle of poverty.
1: So, when you're talking about a social norm, then you're identifying patriarchy as that social norm. Would you define
2: patriarchy for us? Patriarchy, you know, uh, the way I see it is, is a kind of in uh, a, a hierarchical structure where men are given, you know, the authority to rule over, you know, over women in, uh, and disempowering women in, uh, you know, in many areas uh, dehumanizing women, you know, uh, in women themselves.
1: Okay, so they're second class, really.
2: Second class citizens, yeah.
1: And what does that then look like in these developing countries?
2: Well, in this, you know, in spite of all the beautiful uh, laws and policies, and we uh, still uh, and see that the gender equality is still a big issue. And from the very start of their lives, you know, women face certain forms of discrimination because of their gender. This include uh, female uh, infanticide, female genital mutilation, early marriage, honor killing, acid burning, forced prostitution, domestic violence, denial of education and health care. Wow. So go back
1: a little bit. Tell us what is infanticide
2: infanticide is uh, mainly some kind of abortion where uh, in in countries where culturally in um, the families they have to pay a dowry to the in to the future husband of their daughters
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, they feel like if they have a, in um, several girls then they have to save a lot of money instead, in order to pay the dowry. So to save that when they realize that they, uh, the women, when they realize the mothers, when they realize that they are pregnant with a girl, then they abort the girl. Mm. And if uh, the technology is not there then they kill right after the birth of the girl. So it's so painful to really look at that as a cultural issue.
1: So this is why the Time magazine cover said one hundred million women are missing. missing these are the missing women.
2: These are the missing women.
1: okay. Yeah. and and then you you
2: mentioned honor killing. There is honor killing. And uh, girls, uh, you know, if they become pregnant or they have uh, uh, pre in uh, marriage sex, or or girls going to school and education, and and to avoid this, uh, you know, the, the dishonor of to the family, then you can just is you know you can kill your daughter. Mm. And you know, so um, there is a female genital mutilation where, in unfortunately, is perpetuated by the mothers, and they see that because they just want to protect their daughters, uh, because they want them to get married as uh, you know, uh, in whenever they are ready. And but if they are not circumcised, then they will really and they are not accepted in the, in the, within the community they, they believe that these girls will, will not get married which is not true but mm. it's, uh, they believe the perception of the community so it's cultural, social norms that exist uh, in mm. until now and the other issue is the early marriage girls getting you know, forced to get how married how early? Uh, some of them in some countries 14 years old 15 mm. years old and just because uh, they are not, uh, you know, they uh, in some countries because of the dowry again, and uh, in Africa, for example, the dowry is paid by the husband's family. So, and in order to sell, you know. Their daughters. When families are really economically, they need some income. Then they sell their daughters to get married early, so that they can get you know uh, in the dowry. So that's how they. And some uh, cultural issues is uh, they believe that girls don't need to get education because. They, get, they will get married and they go to another family, so why? So they won't contribute to, us, to so us, so we might
1: as well. Oh, yeah. Just
2: give her away, you know. So, what are you doing to change that social norm? Well, we, we do a lot of training, sensitization, in, uh, but we also realize that uh, if we don't uh, engage in faith in organizations, Faith-based um, uh, leaders, then uh, it it will be very difficult to change these uh, social norms. So we um, started a project called uh, Channel of Hope for Gender, in which is uh, training and engaging in pastors, in partnering with them, and as as you know, you know um, in um, in. Uh, Faith leaders are among the most influential members in uh, in any given community, and their uh, interpretation and their resulting application of religion text uh, can be detrimental to gender relationships. Mm. And in some instances, relig- in religious text has been used to validate cultural practices uh, that keep women on the fringes of uh, of uh, processes that are critical to their own development and to their, own, and to their families and communities. So um, in, uh, World Vision then uh, really uh, in promoted a program that reaches to the, uh, to the you know, faith leaders so that they can really talk and communicate better with their in communities. and and they are the ones who can change and influence in uh, the congregation, the community. So uh, that channel of hope that now we are promoting is more of training in uh, in religious leaders.
1: So what would that look like? You go to a community in Somalia or in Solomon Islands and you invite the, the men to come?
2: Yeah, and uh, our staff, you know, uh, who are leading this project, and we have uh, two pastors who are uh, leading and facilitating the trainings. So they invite the us in uh, church leaders, they invite them to come, and for three days, a uh, kind of uh, workshop to just introduce to them what does this mean, uh, what kind of uh, training is this, what are we covering on these uh, trainings, And after they learn, uh, in in the beginning you will ask them some questions about uh, what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be a woman, and they reflect, they discuss, and and then at the end of the workshop you ask them the same questions. And you will see the difference. Ah, oh, that's good. That, you know, and uh, so then um, most of them, then they will really, in uh, they they will say that they want to study more on, on this. So they then uh, we then provide the two weeks of training, and uh, so it is also mainly kind of training of trainers so that when they go back they can, um, in, uh, in, uh, during that training in f- is, you know, first stage is uh, to train them, uh, to sensitize them okay. and expose them to the training materials. Second is to help them to put together a strategy, how they are going to, to implement what they have learned and some plan of action and uh then uh World vision in in uh in managers of that project then they monitor they you know, then uh help them how to implement that in their own in their own community and you have a uh
1: um an acronym that you use in the strategy and so you start these little groups called um are they called chat groups mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating when I saw this.
2: Yeah, it's uh, really uh, interesting. It's called CHAT, C-H-A-T, which is a congrega- Congregational hop Action Team. Mm-hmm. And so when they go back, they, they then form that kind of a team that will work together. Some of them, they uh, get involved in advocacy, advocating for the enforcement of the law. Some of them, they, um, they work with the community in uh, integrating some of other programs in development programming, in, and, and some is more kind of focusing on in reaching out other churches even.
1: Okay, so you're integrating even with law enforcement?
2: Absolutely. And why is that important? Because they, for folks in, example, in Solomon Island, in uh, when they learned this, you know, they said uh, the government said that they want really to have this kind of workshop for the law enforcement there, because they said they don't really in, understand how to approach these issues, and, and instead of just uh, you know um, arresting people and uh, putting them in jail, and how they are dealing with the community and how they can uh, sensitize community themselves about the existence of those laws and what are the consequences. So that's how it really in, in, which is partnering also with government, with law enforcement. And, and you're an attorney. Yes,
1: and And so I, I'm always amazed at how excited people get to pass a law. And then disappointed when it doesn't when work. When
2: it doesn't work. Absolutely. And so, what
1: you're doing is finding the place where it can be integrated so the law can be effective. effective. So, you start with sensitivity, then strategy, and the yeah. chat
2: groups, the plan, yeah, the and group. then and then the next part is the um, in evaluation and uh, monitoring oh, and uh, okay so providing mentoring and you know so we find
1: out if it's really working.
2: Is, is it's working. not enough to
1: just go do a workshop, pack up, and go home.
2: And, mm, absolutely not. Yeah, it's, it's something that uh, is continuous following up, monitoring, even you know if there is a need to have a follow up kind of a workshop to discuss you know what happened. After they did this, they come together and then sh- they share what happened. So
1: these workshops are actually working workshops? It, yes. Not just yes. we're giving you information?
2: Uh, not that absolutely
1: not. Okay, so tell me how do the women respond to this?
2: The women uh, is like um, is an eye-opener for them because you are empowering them. Mm-hmm. And you are telling them uh, or giving them a forum where they can discuss what does it mean to be a woman and a leader within their community, within their in, um, in church? And uh, so, what does that mean? What kind of uh, of issues they may encounter? So, it's, it's more of uh, of uh, when we look at you know the the the, the feedback is more than of encouragement. And even when uh, the faith leaders and community leaders, when they go back to their homes, and they realize that you know their wives are surprised about the change that they they can see, in the, you know, in within their husbands. So uh, the program uh, managers then they decided to invite both oh. the husband and the in. Uh, in their in spouses. So when you're talking about the wives seeing changes, are they happy? They are very happy. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. They feel like now, now I'm respected woman. Uh-huh. Now my husband uh, really uh, appreciates what I'm doing, and now he respects me. He he accepts, you know, that we decide things together mm. and talk about it. and So it is a win-win kind of uh, situation.
1: Now, here at this conference, I haven't been here alone. I have um, one of our students here from... Vanguard, who has been fascinated learning all of these, Um, our coordinator Alexis Miller is here with me, and board member Jackie Anderson is here, and we want to figure out how we can be part of this more. So if someone wants to learn more about um, the curriculum for the Channels of Hope and the project, um, I think your project is called Strong Women, Strong World. How do we learn how to get involved in that?
2: Yes, yeah, strong women, strong world is one of the in uh, one of the in programming or groups that uh, were vision were vision U.S. established. In which is under World vision, but it's uh, an agency itself who uh, is uh, really in, in uh, whose program is more of empowering women and girls. So they focus on uh, projects that uh, uh, that empowers women and girls, but not in isolation. So mm. they in, uh, the, their uh, strategy is to integrate the issues related to women and girls within other sectors. For example, if we have a health program or water and sanitation program, uh, Strong Women, Strong World, which is under in Women of Vision, and uh, they, they want to see how these projects are affecting and impacting women and girls' situation. So, uh, Women of Vision and their Strong Women, Strong World project, they are looking at using Channel of Hope for Gender as an entry point and as a program that, uh, in, uh, that really is working in uh, reducing or eliminating the social norms. in in, in communities, social norms based on gender issues.
1: So you you talked about isolation. So when we go to try to help women, and the Global Center for Women and Justice, we want to be, we want to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference. And sometimes we think we have to go and work with the women. But if we teach them their rights and we teach them how to be empowered and we never talk to the men, then we leave and they go home and the men don't know what they're talking about.
2: Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's not really uh, when we say gender and development. Uh, we mean about the relationship between men and women. So we are looking at you know, how women and men, boys and girls, are related to each other. And what are the power relations there? Okay. And analyze that. So, uh, if but if you have just a project that focuses on women, then you are not really touching or changing the power relations there, and the hierarchy that we were talking about. So you have to include a, a man when you are to training women. And you have to include in every sector of project, if it's health, you have to include gender equality analysis within that health, how that health project is impacting the social norms, how it's changing. Are they changing, you know? If it's health, how we are looking at the, uh, the mother's health, mm. how we are looking at the uh, maternal mortality, are we looking at the, the, you know, um, the early pregnancy which is causing a uh, death to young girls mm-hmm. so that is the, what we call integrated programming if it's a, a, an ed- education project we have to look how this project, education project is really helping the girl child to go to school to finish her primary school uh, and go to the boys so that's the mainstreaming and integration of gender, and then using the channel uh, of hope for gender as a tool that changes, this transforms it in uh, not only the community but the, the faith leaders.
1: So, when the faith leaders support these changes, then they'll be sustainable. Absolutely. So, um, so how would they? how would people who are listening to this for the first time um, be able to contact you?
2: Well, uh, they can contact uh, in Women of Vision at, um, at www.strongwomenstrongworld.org Okay.
1: And we'll put that on our show notes as well so people can find that. Um, I'm, I'm curious, I think when we were talking earlier Um, at lunch, we talked about expanding the channels of hope so that it goes way beyond just um, what we're doing right now, but we would be more... um, Available across different faiths—is that something that World Vision is looking at?
2: Yeah, World Vision is working on uh, the adaptation of uh, this uh, methodology, and including, you know, uh, in Islam, in uh, how we can, you know, uh, work with the in Muslim community with. uh, in um, in Muslim uh, organizations and so we are including some of the Islamic uh, organizations. And to have an input to the to the in uh, adaptation that we are working on, so that uh, is something that we can collaborate and partner with uh, some other imams and who uh, are willing to address these issues
1: and and when we discussed this earlier, um, we talked about how sometimes in when we use the um, the biblical Text and we find out how people have been misunderstanding that, then you also brought up for us some of the, the, those considerations in, in Islam.
2: Yeah, even in Islam, you know, it depends how, how people interpret the Quran. And if you look the Quran, you know, on the Hadith of the you know, Muslim prophet, and, and there are some verses that support, you know, uh, the gender equality. Mm-hmm. and uh, who uh, in the pre-islamic for example in the arab world the girls were uh in uh, were killed and you know uh, just because they were girls but uh, in islamic in prophet muhammad he, he forbid that 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 nobody could kill girls so uh it can be used some of those verses in and that Promotes, you know, um, in women's uh, dignity and uh, women's uh, equality. And so th- there are some uh, issues there too that in, uh, that needs to be discussed and interpreted and uh, dialogue and uh, with the imams, you know, who know uh, well the Quran and the hadith and to be involved in that uh, manual. Yeah.
1: I think it's a very exciting program that is right on the edge that helps give us um, hope because it is a channel of hope Mm -hmm. um, for change, practical plans, um, coordinating with community initiatives. Those are the aspects of this that make it really hopeful for being able to be sustained and go on. So um, I want to thank you for being available to us today to partner with us on our Ending Human Trafficking podcast.
2: Thank you, Sandy, for giving me the opportunity.
1: And you know we'll call you again, and we'll want to hear more back about the evaluations and and the reports of how this program is working in other countries and how we can be a part of what you're doing.
2: Thank you. Okay,
1: Okay. thanks.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or feedback for us after listening to this interview uh, for Sandy or Fatima, please email us, gcwj at vanguard.edu. We love hearing from our listening audience, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can call us with questions, 714-966-6360. By the way, while you're online, if you don't already receive regular updates from the Global Center for Women and Justice, where we produce the show, just go to gcwj.vanguard.edu. And on our homepage there, you'll see a place you can subscribe to our newsletter, and we will keep you up to date on what we're doing and what Sandy's doing out there in the world. Have a great two weeks, everyone. We'll see you again in two weeks. Take care.